Welcome to the Launch Your Live podcast, a show dedicated to providing you with daily, top-level, live video tips, tricks, and strategies to not only help you start, but also excel at live streaming. Here are your hosts, Christian Karashevitz and Jim Fuse. Do you have a fear of going live on your live streams only to have zero, five, or 10 people tune in? Sometimes people will join your live stream and then they'll disappear and you're left with zero viewers. Now, this can be very frustrating, especially if you're just getting started with live streaming or even if you're a seasoned professional. So on this episode, we're going to discuss 23 easy ways to get more viewers on your live streams to help you overcome your fear of live video so that you can gain the confidence needed to keep creating live videos for your business. So Jim, do you want to kick things off? Yeah. So the first thing is you got to promote your live streams ahead of time. People got to know when you're going live, if you expect them to show up. And so the further out you can let them know, the more likely they're going to one schedule that live stream, but also your future live streams. And we'll talk a little bit later about what we want to call consistency. The thing you have to remember is that with Facebook, if you're going to go live on Facebook, you can only schedule seven days out. So you are going to have a limitation with when it comes to Facebook and that you can only schedule seven days ahead of time. YouTube gives you a lot more flexibility. So, but promoting when you're going to go live is extremely important because if they don't know, they're not going to show up. Definitely. And I also want to add this as well. So it is a bit of a challenge because Facebook only allows you that seven days ahead of time to promote your stream, to basically set up your stream so that you get the calendar feature and so people can get reminders and that sort of thing. I'll tell you this. One other thing though that I do is I actually create a short URL for my show and I put that on all my graphics that I publish. And this is something, for example, my show socialchefs.com forward slash live will redirect a user. So even if I don't have that page set up, for example, yet I can set up that URL and have it go to a certain place on my website so that people will have essentially a place to go watch. So that's one other thing I wanted to add real quick there. And to do that, I use a tool um, such as Pretty Links, but you can also use your own website hosting. They have the ability to set up what is essentially known as a URL redirect. Now, keep in mind, you don't want to set too many redirects because these actually can slow your site down. So number one, okay, so great. Promote your live streams ahead of time. Jim, what's number two? Number two, you want to update your your banner, your cover images, and you know not only maybe on your page, but also each week or however often you go live, you want that cover image because remember, this is all going to become your thumbnail and it's going to let people know maybe who's on the show, what's the show about, maybe you have the date and time. And there's there's several great tools that will let you do that. There's Easel, uh, Canva, Crello. Uh, you, know, you could even add Adobe Spark in the mix if you want to. And uh, also Wave.video. Uh, and, and Christian, I know you really uh, have done a lot with a lot of these tools. I mean, uh, what's your thoughts on, on these types of things? Well, so I think having a banner or a cover image, I think it's very useful. One thing people need to keep in mind is when you update your cover photo, for example, let's say it's on a Facebook page, you have to remember that a lot of your audience is not going to be going to your Facebook page as well. So you want to weigh the pros and the cons. The great thing about cover photos is that they always post to your Facebook page. And that's actually good because then people will see that update um, as opposed to seeing just your standard status update. And so definitely make sure you're going about trying that one out, you know, see what works. I, I think as far as using these tools, I mean, they all work great. If you're going to create a static image, as you mentioned, Easel, Canva, Crello, Adobe Spark, all work great for that. If I want to actually make a video cover, and this is, for example, specific to a Facebook page, you can use wave.video for that or even Canva. They've got some templates built in to where you can create that 
and it doesn't have to be fancy. A lot of times it'll be a drag and drop program. So you just drop in maybe an image or maybe a clip from a previous episode, and then you can build something again, tailored over time to match your branding. You don't have to get it right, right out of the gate. Okay. So number three, the third way is to create a landing page. Now this can serve a number of different functions. For example, some people will create a landing page that will be geared towards just getting email signups. So if you get somebody, for example, to sign up for your email list, you can then send them a reminder later on when your show, for example, is about to go live. Some people will send a reminder at the beginning of the week, maybe a recap, and then they'll send maybe 30 minutes to one hour before their show. They'll send out a email reminder there as well to let people know. So that's one way to use a landing page. Now, another way I can think of is to set up a specific page on your website for your live video show. And this actually will, it's actually an interesting thing. So the way it works is you can embed the Facebook live at the top of the page. You can embed the YouTube live, whichever one you want people to really go tune in. And underneath that, you can have all of your previous episodes. So for example, and this is one great thing about like WordPress categorization on a website, you can pull in just the posts that are from a specific category. So that's another way. So then the benefit here is that if somebody goes to watch on your website on the landing page, they can see your current episode. They can see your past episodes. And then maybe you have an email signup box at the bottom that goes to a specific email list. Anything you want to add on that one, Jim, as far as using a landing page to help drive more viewers to your live streams? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, and, and don't forget that a lot of times you can use these landing page links in your other socials. You can use it on Twitter. Uh, you know, definitely it's, uh, you know, one of those places as well, maybe put it in a LinkedIn post somewhere in the comments, uh, just whenever you get the opportunity to, to share it, great way to do it. So number four on the list of 23 easy ways to get more viewers on your live streams is to encourage your guest, your partner, or your co-host to promote it. You know, a lot of times with live streams, a lot of people, they will create that scheduled post and then they'll just assume hey, my guest or my co-host are going to go share it. A lot of times, though, you need to do a little bit of the heavy lifting on that. And I don't say you have to do all of the heavy lifting, but basically when you schedule out your live stream, take the link that you're given, for example, not the invite a guest link, but the actual link that create gets created on, whether it's Facebook or YouTube Live or any of the other platforms you share it on, and then send it out to your guest or co-host ahead of time and say, hey, I have this, you know, I've scheduled a show and we want to encourage you to share it because again, you're, you're, I don't say duplicating, but you're combining your efforts. And so the benefit here is you're giving them the link and then I'd also give them a graphic as well. For example, something you've created in easel Canva Crello or one of those other design tools. And that could be the graphic that you want to promote for your show. Anything else you want to add about number four, Jim? Yeah, I just think it's uh, it's really important to to have that promotion, especially from the guest, because one of the things you're looking to do is get their audience uh, over to your show, and as well as it's going to help them because you know you may get some of your viewers that are normal may start to help them as well. So it's really a win-win, and I think sometimes guests don't realize how important it is for them to get the word out. And they kind of, I think sometimes look as like, oh, I'm getting to be on a show, but don't see how important it is to, to be promoting it as well. Exactly. And they might forget. And then in addition to that one, one other thing I want to add, by the way, about encouraging your guest, your partner, your co-host to promote it is don't forget about yourself and promoting it as well. And what I mean by this is, and we've talked about this on a number of episodes, a lot of times you might go to another, let's say it's a Facebook group and the person every single week post, you know, like a marketing Monday or something to that effect. And they say, Hey, you know what, what are your big wins for the week? And this is also another way that or place that you can be promoting your show as well. So, you know, if you're in certain groups, make sure you're promoting it there when you have the opportunity. And then also if your, you know, guest, your co-host is also in something, maybe they even have their own post that they do encourage them also to promote it there. Okay. So Jim, 
What's number five on this list? And I realize there's a lot of things, but what's number five? Yeah, number five, you want to review uh, when your live streams are happening. And by that, we mean you want to look at the analytics. I mean, one thing is you may pick a time or date that, that you're going live. And are you looking at how many people are actually joining you live or even on the replay too? Um, how many views are you getting? Are you also, how long are people watching for? You got to remember that view counting can be a very uh, sneaky type of stat because in some cases, three seconds or 10 seconds counts as a view, but you may have somebody start to watch and then they go away. So are you really getting long-term viewership? And that's where sometimes YouTube can be great because you can really kind of watch you know, are there points when people are dropping off? Maybe it's when you're running ads. You know, maybe it's just at a certain point in time. That could be a, a great way to figure out maybe your show is too long and you need to uh, cut it back some because you're not keeping people for the whole time. You might want to even think about cutting your content up into shorter shows and spreading it out as opposed to trying to get it all done at one time. That's a great point. And I'll say this, when I started running my show, Social Chatter, I didn't have a goal of it's going to be 45 minutes or it's going to be 60 minutes. And it was at times, it could be an hour, it could be an hour and a half, it could be two hours. I think sometimes we had guests come on and they just wanted to talk and it was three hours long. And while I enjoyed all of the conversation, three hours was just way too much time to have a show. And so what we did is we scaled it back to where it's between 45 and 60 minutes. And so then that gives us, you know, a measuring stick. Hey, we're going to only be on for 45 to 60 minutes. And then what we try to do over time is then tighten up the content so that you get a lot of value in that 45 to 60 minutes. But, you know, as Jim mentioned, make sure you do review your analytics and your insights you know, always go in and check this. And this doesn't apply just to live streaming, by the way. If you're even just uploading YouTube videos, native videos, you can go in and you can see where people are dropping off in your video, in your insights. And so this way you can get a better understanding of, well, hey, I'm running this one hour show and let's say people are watching for like two minutes at the most. Well, that's 58 minutes that you potentially have like that, that might even be a telltale sign that, well, hey, maybe live streaming is not for me. Um, so that's where you want to make sure, you know, you really assess what your viewers are doing, how much time they're spending. Okay, Jim, what's number six in this list? You want to encourage your viewers to share. I mean, tell them even maybe tag someone in the comments that you think would enjoy this show, you know, uh, share it out to your network, let them know why you're uh, watching it. If, if you're really a big fan of the show, even maybe have a watch party. And that's something you can do on uh, Facebook where you can share a video. Maybe it's already played and, and you and your friends can talk about it in, in a watch party. So, you know, sharing is caring. And so uh, definitely helps to grow your audience. If you can get your, your fans, uh, you know, to, to share with, with their audience, because uh, why do you want to keep your show a secret? Exactly. And that's a great point. And a lot of people also, they may not know how to share. So for example, there's a couple of ways. So one is you can tag somebody. So you can type, if you're on, for example, Facebook, you can type at, and you can start to type the person's name. I will say sometimes that does and does not work. And that's just a Facebook thing. So type the at sign, type the person's name. That's one way to share it. You can also click the share button. Remember also, if you're sharing from Facebook, there are two different types of shares. There's a share to your profile as your profile. So you click the, there's a drop down actually next to typically the image that's there on the show and it'll give you the ability to toggle between your profile and a page. And so you can click the share button there. Now, alternatively, you can switch between the profile to the page. In addition to that though, you know, as Jim mentioned, make sure you encourage people to also go do some sharing. And that could even also be encouraging them to share it to their email list if they've got that or, hey, tweet something out that, you know, you found interesting or engaging. So as Jim mentioned, definitely uh, encourage viewers to share. This can definitely help get more people on your live streams because as Jim mentioned, you want to make sure 
you're working together with people to try and combine your efforts as opposed to keeping it a walled garden where it's just your audience. So number eight in this list is to tell your viewers what they're going to learn. And I think I got that right, Jim, or sorry, yeah, number, actually, sorry, number seven. So number seven, actually. So to tell the viewers what they're going to learn. And I almost, I want to say this is kind of like making a promise to your viewers, but that might not be the right way to phrase that. So for example, if somebody is going to learn how to do YouTube SEO, or they're going to learn, uh, maybe instead of saying, learn, you know, on this live stream, we're going to teach you how to learn YouTube SEO. It could be on this live stream, we're going to teach you seven ways to improve the visibility of your YouTube videos, something like that, so that it's very easy for your viewers to understand what they are going to get when they tune into your live stream. A lot of times we assume that our viewers know exactly what they're going to learn or what they're going to get. And you can't do that. You need to make sure you are very clear and direct. And it doesn't matter that this is the hundredth episode. This is the first episode, the 50th episode. It really doesn't matter. You need to continue to drive that point home on your live stream. So for example, at the beginning of your show, it could be something like, Hey, you know, for those of you who are new, here's what we're going to be teaching today. And so this way, you know, it's not a burden or a nuisance to people who are new or sorry, who've already, who've already listened to your show or watched your show. So you want to make sure you continue to drive that home. Okay. So that's what, that's number seven. Sorry about that. And then number eight is to be descriptive. Now, what I mean by this is this primarily applies to really YouTube, but you can also apply this to Facebook. And so what I mean by being descriptive in the title of your live stream, you want to make sure you put something that is descriptive. So for example, it couldn't, maybe you don't want to do something like live show number 25, you know, that's just boring. It doesn't tell me anything. So what you could do is you could build off that other example we just gave about YouTube SEO. And it could be something like uh, seven ways to improve your YouTube live viewers. And so that that's what people could be watching. They could be watching a live stream about how to improve their YouTube live viewers. And there's a couple of tools. And so that actually could apply to both uh, YouTube and Facebook. It primarily applies to YouTube, but you could apply it to Facebook as well. And so if you're, for example, a YouTube user and you're using like YouTube live, that's YouTube's live stream. You can use a tool such as TubeBuddy and you can go and you can optimize your title and your description. This is how I would actually do it. I would go into a YouTube live or use the TubeBuddy tool. I would figure out what the right title and description would be. And then I would actually carry that over into my Facebook page as my title and my description, because the TubeBuddy tool actually helps you with the SEO side for YouTube videos, both live and for native. So that's what I would do. Jim, anything you want to add about being descriptive? Yeah, I, I think another thing to think about is maybe use the word you or a, a version of that, because a lot of times when people are searching, especially with YouTube, people are searching for solution to their problems. It's like how you can improve your SEO on YouTube. That's something that there is going to catch their attention. Uh, so think about how to make it a little bit more personalized. There's a lot of uh, data that shows putting that little bit that you, that your, uh, and not to mention the number of ways that people are going to see things will really get you more traction when it comes to finding your episodes. Ooh, that's a good one, by the way. I really like that. You know, making sure you focus on your audience and positioning for them, you know, and to Jim's point, that's also the same type of marketing that you can do on your blog post title on your email list. So, don't think, oh, I'm sending this out to 10,000 people. I want to make sure that I am hitting those people's pain points. So for example, if I'm sending out to 10,000 people, I need to treat it though as if that one email that every single person is going to get is going to basically be directed at that one user. So don't forget about like, well, hey, you know, don't generalize. So you're helping a single user 
And that's where like sometimes people will personalize things. They'll put the person's name, that sort of thing as well. But definitely, I love that point, Jim. Great point. Thanks. So, okay. So let me see if I got this. I'm, we're on what? Number nine, right? So number nine. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take, or actually you're going to take this one, right? What's number nine in the list? Yeah. So number nine, you want to review the length of your live streams, shorter versus longer. Uh, you know, we talked about that a little bit uh, as we were talking about some of these other things, but you know, each platform has kind of this psychology of the people on the platform. And we talked about this a little bit in our previous episode, episode 33, with Diana Gladney, we were talking about YouTube Live. And, you know, a lot of times people are going to come to Facebook because they're just there to just kind of scroll. So unless it's something that you've got established, they may not watch a long live video where they'd watch it longer if it was on YouTube. But the other thing is, and as much as Christian knows, I'm not always necessarily a fan of countdown timers, but maybe what you want to have is an intro video. Because what happens is, as the video starts playing, it's going out to the network, letting people know that you're live. So that short pause of having maybe a one minute intro video before you get started will allow live viewers to start to join. So that may be uh, another thing you got to make sure is like, are you jumping so quickly into the content that the people are not able to join and so they're kind of missing, well, what was this about? And they may not come back. So take a look at the length and also how are you giving them the opportunity to join? So that, that could be a good reason uh, just because of the way the algorithms work to, to maybe add an intro video, something that's a little bit more exciting than just watching a clock countdown. got to say, I, I really like that idea. I mean, since you, you know, we talked about that one uh, with Diana, I mean, it, it it makes a lot of sense as well to do, so to do the intro. I love the intro idea, you know, and, and again, that also helps uh, show your, your body of work. Like if you just start, for example, and you're not, you know, you don't have any of the information to really reference, I kind of understand, well, okay, so somebody might just do a standard intro, but over time, as you have more guests on, for example, you're going to want to let people know about that. And, and that's where you start to highlight who some of the people are that you've had on some of the prominent guests. What I would do is I'd maybe make, I'd either, I might actually consider even contracting that out and say, Hey, let me have somebody create this for me and, and tell them I'm just getting started. This is what I want to do, but I, here's where I want to go and where I want to go might be, I want to be able to make it easy for me to incorporate other clips from new shows that I do. So then that way you can consistently update that. And I'm going to tell you this, like I always, you always hear me talk about this a lot, Jim. And I talk about the TV model and the TV model is this, like if you watch, for example, if you watch any sort of talk show, like I don't watch, I don't watch, and maybe I'm dating myself here. I don't know. I don't watch Oprah or what is it? Mari Povich or uh, Geraldo or like any of that. I don't watch those shows, but I've seen a few of them. And at the beginning, they typically have, you know, they have an intro and then the person comes out on stage. Your live stream is essentially the same exact process. And so if you watch those intros, just watch, you know, all you literally need to do is watch the intro. What is it in that intro? Were they adding in clips from past episodes? Maybe watch some of their original episodes and then fast forward, say five years down the road or even one to two years and look and see how that intro has evolved and follow the same process for your business, for your own live streams. So Jim, number 10 on the list, what is it? Messenger bots. So maybe you haven't heard of them, but uh, bots have become a really big thing, uh, especially in Facebook Messenger. Uh, specifically, you can also get them to work on your website where when someone interacts with a bot, it's the opportunity to get them to opt in to be notified through your messenger uh, that something is about to happen. So they sub could subscribe to your bot using a program like ManyChat or ChatFuel, and it will notify them whenever you're going live. So you can set it up to you know say, hey, would you like to know when I'm, we're going live? And they say yes, and then you basically get them to opt in to do that. So that's a, another way, but I will say you need to be careful because there's been a lot of, uh, 
spam sort of things going on with people with messenger bots. And so there's really been kind of a crackdown on what you can and can't do. So, uh, you know, messenger bots, just as uh, just like email list are a great way to kind of build that list and automate the way of letting people uh, that know that you're going live. Uh, anything you want to add there, Christian? Um, I, I love the idea of using a messenger bot because it's an automated process. And I would say this, if I were going to use a messenger bot, I would start very simple. So just get your messenger bot working, see how it actually works, maybe test it out with yourself and your co-host, or, you know, if you want to get some of your, and we call we talk about this a lot, Jim, we talk about super fans, you know, the people who really are consistently tuning into your show to support you, um, I would say get some of them as well to help test your messenger bot. You don't have some, you know, you don't need to, I mean, you're not giving them any like super secret private information, but I would have them help you test the messenger bot. And also, you know, if they're the people that are tuning in, for example, most often, I would ask them for feedback. And for the most part, they're going to give you consistent feedback. They're not going to be, uh, I want to say like, yes, men, for example, you know, they're not going to consistently say, well, oh yeah, it's great. And if they do say, press them for more information. Oh, it's great. Well, what can I improve? Do you think that it's too long? Do you think that you were expecting something else? So I would make sure to ask those people to help you test it. And then what I would do with that bot is I would expand it. So for example, we could have one where it can add somebody to an email list. Like maybe they have to click on a link, for example, to start. And then you can move into some of the more advanced techniques, which are, and because these actually incorporate into your live stream. So you could have a keyword. And so it could be something like if somebody's watching your live stream and you want to get them on your email list, instead of telling them we have an email list. And if you want to go subscribe to it, just go to whatever the website is forward slash whatever. You could also just tell people during the broadcast, hey, don't forget, if you want to get in our email list, you can type the word subscribe into the comments of the live stream. This is obviously on Facebook. And that will then trigger the messenger bot. So definitely something to experiment with. But as Jim mentioned, you do have to be careful with it. A lot of people kind of misuse them. You know, they, they use them as a cheap form of getting in front of more people. And it, and it is a cheap way, I guess, in a way, but like they cheapen it because of just their whole process of adding people to a messenger bot. You know, also, I guess if you're going to use a messenger bot, make sure you educate your audience on what the messenger bot is. For example, I know, Jem, if your audience is not somebody who is technically savvy and you're trying to tell them to use a messenger bot because, hey, you think it's cool and you think it would help, you need to bridge that gap between you and your viewers. You need to get them to understand what a messenger bot is, let them know, hey, I'm actually using a messenger bot. This will actually make it easier for you to do X, Y, and Z. So they kind of understand it and also maybe tell them it's not actually you that they're talking with because a lot of people will just kind of, you know, push it off as like, hey, people think I'm talking to, they're talking to me, but they're really talking to some other bot. So, because that can actually have a negative impact on your business if it doesn't work how you need it to. Okay. So Jim, I think what we're up to 11, I'm going to take number 11, right? So uh, number 11, this is, so if you want to get more viewers on your live streams, you want to make sure you're broadcasting everywhere. And the term for this is simulcasting. And so we said, you know, Hey, broadcast everywhere, but make sure you are simulcasting because what simulcasting does is it allows you to work smarter, not harder on your live streams. For example, when I run my show, I go through, it's called social chatter. I go through StreamYard and StreamYard has a hook into, or it has a way to hook into a Facebook page, a YouTube channel, a LinkedIn profile, a Facebook profile. Let's see, did I leave anything off, Jim? Twitter, right? Twitter, yeah, okay, so yeah, it can go Twitter, yeah. Exactly. So basically it, it's a, a shotgun approach where you go live on, you, you start in StreamYard and then you say, okay, I'm going to go live on a Facebook page, a 
YouTube Live on YouTube and a LinkedIn Live as well. And so what happens is all of that, so your show goes out to all of these channels at one time. And then what you can do off of that once you have set up the simulcasting feature is now you can then look at the metrics and see where your viewers are primarily at. So for example, it's great to be able to go live on what, five to seven places. However, if let's say you're going live on, you know, a LinkedIn live and your audience isn't on LinkedIn live, well, you can learn that from the analytics. So then, okay, well, let me reduce where I'm going to go live. So definitely do the simulcasting process. And the other thing the simulcasting can do is it can save you time. So it can save you time because here's what most beginner live streamers do. They will go live on Facebook and then they will download the Facebook video, which by the way, the Facebook video quality is really low. They will then take that video, go over to YouTube, upload it, and then they'll have their video in two places. But the problem with that is that it takes, well, it takes a pretty good amount of bandwidth to download that video, but it's also the time that you're wasting by not simulcasting. Because if you simulcast at the beginning or you broadcast to all these different channels, you don't have to download the video and upload it. For example, if you have really weak internet, then you're going to spend, you know, sometimes an hour to two hours just downloading a video only to then spend another hour to re-upload it. And just keep in mind, by the way, some of these channels don't process it immediately. So you want to make sure you work smarter, not harder. And that would be by broadcasting everywhere, by the way. So you can use StreamYard. You can also use Restream.io. You can also use BeLive.tv. We're going to include links to all these in the description of this podcast episode. Now, number 12 on this list, by the way, and by the way, I love talking about this, by the way, I just all these different ways for us to get more people on our live streams. So number 12 is to be consistent. And what I mean by this is, well, if you tell your viewers you're going to go live every, I don't know, what, Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, because, hey, that's what the insights tell you, then you need to show up every single Thursday. Now, and, and at that time, I don't mean just like, hey, let me just show up on Thursday. So show up at the time that you tell people you're going to be there. And also, if you say you're going to start at 11, start at 11. Now, we realize technical glitches happen. And so it may delay your start by five minutes. Keep in mind, by the way, when you are going live on a number of these platforms, sometimes what will happen is like, for example, Facebook has a thing where it's what? I think it's nine minutes. Is that right, Jim? Nine minutes before, uh, sorry, nine minutes after your live stream is scheduled to start, Facebook will actually cancel the link and you'll have to create a new one if you go longer than that. So you kind of need to, and this is why we also tell you arrive 15 to 30 minutes ahead of your live stream so that if there is a glitch, maybe you've got to restart a computer, maybe something's not working, maybe someone's audio is not right, you can take care of all of that before your live stream and it will help make your live stream when you run it go much be much more consistent. So that's what I mean by being consistent. So when you say you're going to go live at a certain time, show up at that time and go live. Now, I know, Jim, I was doing a lot of traveling the last uh, last couple of weeks, you know, and so Sometimes when you try to be consistent, there are potential challenges. Like we ran into my internet one day was really bad. I think I was flying one day. And so, you know, yes, that does impact your show. And I mean, what do you think, Jim, about like if somebody's trying to be consistent, what if they have to take a day off? Is that okay? Well, I think there's a couple ways to get get around it. One, you can't you can take a day off, but be careful about that because uh your your fans will start to wonder like uh are you still serious about this? But one thing you can do is have a guest host. So maybe if you're co-hosting a show, you bring someone in to uh, take your place uh, for that episode because it's better to have a guest co-host or, you know, or let people know that you're not going to be able to make it be upfront with them as opposed to doing the show uh, less than a hundred percent. So I think that's something you definitely want to uh, consider the quality of your show. Uh, so in the consistency aspect, you know, have a plan. Definitely. Okay. So do you want to take 13 in this list? Sure. So also, uh, so with 13, turn your live videos 
into clips afterwards. This is a great way to repurpose, get viewers back to your show. There's some great uh, tools out there. Uh, you know, we'll mention a few. Boxcast is uh, one that Christian is familiar with. One that's really become a, fr- a, a favorite of mine is uh, Lately AI. Uh, it actually will use AI to find those short clips and we allow that uh, it it uses and finds those key phrases that allow us uh, to uh, put stuff out there and schedule it on the internet to drive people back into our show. And then uh, if you want to take a little bit more time, there's some great tools, Camtasia, uh, Final Cut Pro, and uh, and that will uh, let you, you know, as well as Adobe Premiere, they will allow you to edit your clips, uh, or I should say your shows, but uh, those are going to take a little bit more time, and that may be something that uh, you want to outsource. So that's going to be how you're going to turn your videos into clips. And so you know, what, what are some of your favorites in that regards, Christian? I will say this. I like the idea of using a Lately or a BoxCast or even another service. So there are some other services as well that will like, like, as you mentioned, outsourcing. So for example, you can go to like, you can go to Upwork and you can hire a video editor there. I know there's Fiverr. Sometimes the quality there is a little hit and miss, but the thing I would do is I would not spend too much. Like if you're not, for example, if you're not a video editor, I would not go and do Final Cut Pro or Adobe Premiere because Yes, they're going to allow you to build something, but if you're not a video editor, they they do require a certain level of skill. And they also take a lot of time. So you might spend more time, there's nothing wrong with learning how to use them, but you might spend more time trying to figure out how the software works and it's also not cheap software. So you may want to then focus on using some of the tools you mentioned which, you know, such as Lately or Boxcast, you know, that will do some of the We'll use artificial intelligence to pull out the clips because then otherwise, let's say you have a one hour show, you have to spend, you know, I mean, I could see easily five to 10 hours easily just editing that video down to little clips because you have to watch the video content again and say, okay, well, where's a good clip, for example, from this one hour show. So I would consider using Lately or Boxcast to help turn those live videos into clips and I'd even consider almost even looking at some mobile devices as well and seeing if there's any apps there. For example, maybe, you know, I know there's Apple clips on your iPhone and I know on uh, Android, one, one that I really like is LumaFusion. That's a full video editor though for both Android and uh, iPhone and iPad. And so that might be something worth checking out as well. So what's next on the list, Jim? Yeah. Uh, how do you want to reward your viewers? I mean, Maybe you want to actually create a blog post so they can go back and read a recap. Uh, you could provide a free ebook, uh, a PDF, uh, some things of that nature. Uh, but you also got to remember, and I know you, you're really good at doing blog posts. I know a lot of live streamers don't want to take the time to do that. So uh, why don't you go into a little bit more detail on that, Christian? Sure. So uh, which, which aspect, the rewarding the viewers or the blog post? Well, the blog post and as well as, as just rewarding your viewers with, with these extras. Okay. So if somebody, for example, tunes into your live stream, you can offer them some extras for joining. And these include things that are very easy to create, by the way. You can give them a free ebook or a PDF. So this could be something, and by the way, this can actually be tied into a messenger bot as well, where someone can type in a certain word and they'll get a link to download. That might be something to also do, but you could give them a free ebook. It could be an ebook on the topic you are discussing that might have some more examples, things like that, that you're, you know, some people want to be, they're visual. Some people, they want to take notes, but they also want a handout basically to be able to review. So I would say, Offering something like this during your live streams might be useful. I'd even say encouraging people who tune into your live stream to also ask you questions. And so you could incorporate maybe a segment in your live stream where maybe for 20 minutes, you're going to answer questions. And so that's a good way to give back to people as well. A lot of people might say, well, I'm going to offer a coaching session 
where I'm going to help somebody. And so you could have a combination of the two. It could be, hey, you know what? If it's a quick, easy question that somebody could easily just go to Google and get the answer on, then maybe I want to just answer those questions directly on my live stream. Or if it's something that is a lot more complex and, and very tailored to a specific user's account, that's where you could push them into a coaching session. But that would be some ways to re- reward your viewers. Now, in addition to that, though, another thing that I like to do is I like to create a blog post for every single live stream that I do. And the benefit here is that you're able to tap into the YouTube SEO side. You're also able to get some traction on your website. So for example, if you're updating your website, Google likes to see this. And so they're more apt to crawl your site. So turn your live video content into specific blog posts, which as I mentioned earlier, you can also have that landing page for your specific show where it could be your existing live stream. So what your current stream is, and then underneath it would have uh, images, for example, that linked all your blog posts. So that's a a couple of ways to reward your viewers for tuning into your live stream. Anything else you want to add to that one, Jim? Yeah, actually too. Another way you can reward your viewers is when you reach certain milestones, maybe you can have some giveaways. So uh, as an example, with the Tim and Jim show with our one year anniversary. And then with our hundredth uh, episode, we were actually able to get uh, some of our, you know, the tools we use like uh, Metricool and StreamYard, et cetera, to give away a free uh, subscription for a period of time. And a lot of these uh, companies, if you're, you know, consistent and have a grown a following are actually happy to do that because they're getting the benefit of their show, uh, or I should say their product, getting exposure on your show. So, But make sure it's something that you believe in. Don't just be giving stuff away for the sake of giving it away because it could also uh, come back on you later. Somebody says, oh, that thing you gave me was really horrible. And uh, so make sure it's something that you believe in if you're going to ask for it to be given away. And by the way, also, this reminds me of, back in the day when people would use a Facebook page, they'd run a contest and they'd run a contest where they were giving away a, they'd give away an iPad, for example, and it would have nothing to do with their business, but they thought, Hey, let me give away an iPad or let me give away a hundred dollar Amazon gift card or things like that, that really were not relevant to their business at all. And so they were giving these things away and they're really not going to get those people to come back to their live stream. They're really just there to get that gift card or that iPad and poof, they're out or peace. They're out, I guess. So, um, do you want to take the next item in this list by the way, Jim? Yeah. So number 15 is, is cross promote your live stream. So you might be going live on YouTube, but you want to promote that on your Facebook page. You want to maybe put it in the comments on your LinkedIn post. You should be talking about your show everywhere. Even if you're only going live on one channel, let people know on the other channels, where they can catch your information. And not to mention, you know, cross-promotion also includes putting it on your email list. So how are people going to know that it's out there? Of course, you're going to get the engagement with social media, but unless you're running ads, you got to remember the algorithm is not always your friend. So that's another reason why you want to be able to cross-promote it. And another thing you brought up earlier is Facebook groups sometimes will allow you to talk about things you've got going on, going back to the marketing Monday and even StreamYard. Uh, I know every week we'll ask people, where are you streaming? They have a, a community now of literally, I think, 15 plus thousand people uh, in their in their Facebook group. And there's definitely not 15,000 people taking uh, advantage of posting in there. So n- not a bad idea as well to, to post that in uh Facebook groups, but, you know, make sure you're following the rules and also, uh, you know, be nice enough to share other people's stuff. It could also be a great way for you to find some guests. Love that, man. Absolutely love that. Okay. So that's what, uh, 15, I think, right? Okay. What's 16? Yeah. So 16, you might actually just want to stream your live video to one channel. And I know that can be hard, especially when you've been multi-streaming, but when you start to really look at the analytics you got to remember that your people are probably not everywhere. There's some, and, and, and your audience is, is probably a niche. So where do the majority of them hang out? Now, 
we did have uh, Rob Balasabas as well on our previous uh, episode and also on our YouTube channel. And one of the things he does that uh, really I think is a great thing is he may start out on multiple channels, but then he drives everyone to that channel that he wants the engagement on. So in his case, he's on Facebook, he's on, uh, I believe, LinkedIn, but he'll say after about five, 10 minutes, if you want to keep being a part of this live stream, we're going to be over on the YouTube channel. So head on over to the YouTube channel if you want to continue to be a part of that. Because, you you know, it makes no sense for you to live stream to a channel if you're not getting viewership and engagement. And it might not be your show. It just may be that's not where your audience hangs out. So think about one channel. What's, you know, and I would say in, in a lot of cases, especially if you listen to our last episode, episode 33, you really might want to consider YouTube as that one channel. But just remember, when you're streaming in general, you're on rented land. So you need to make sure that whatever channel you're going to be on makes sense for you. And also, do you have your video in case something were to happen and you need to put it out there somewhere else later? Great points, man. And by the way, I I will say this. So I love what Rob does there as far as going live on multiple channels and then cutting that feed and then pushing them back, for example, to YouTube if that's where they want to primarily go. And I also love the advice that we just got from Diana on episode 33, and that was launcher.live forward slash EP33 if you haven't listened to that one yet. But I love the advice she gave as well, which was the fact that a lot of people go to, and, and this is just sage advice, by the way. So just the fact that people go to Facebook and they're not there thinking about your live stream probably. And whereas if they're going to go to YouTube or they want to watch any sort of video, they will go to YouTube to watch that because YouTube is video. And so that is a, just a key point to keep in mind on where you're broadcasting. And, and don't worry, you know, oh, well, hey, I have a YouTube channel that, you know, I have 100 subscribers or 50 subscribers. Well, if you want to grow that channel, you need to make sure you're telling people or encouraging them to subscribe to your channel so they don't miss videos and that sort of thing. And that's also where you can benefit from that, you know, you being descriptive with that title and that description to help get those videos surfaced versus, hey, I publish it on Facebook. And if my audience doesn't really care about them, they're not going to tune in. So um, make sure you check out that episode, but absolutely love the advice there. Okay, so let me take the next one. And I think that's uh, what number 17. It's to review your audio and your video quality. And what I mean by this is to spend time watching some of your live streams. So for example, if you go live, let's just say you go live at 10 o'clock in the morning and at 11, you're done. Don't watch your live stream immediately after because most of these platforms are going to be uh, processing your live stream. So so YouTube and Facebook, they're still going to process your live stream. Um, so what I would do is I would set aside some time, maybe on the weekend. If I go live once a week, go spend some time watching your live stream and see if you notice any quality differences, sorry, any differences in the audio or the video quality. For example, if your lighting, like does your lighting actually look good? If you watch, for example, someone else's live stream, how does it compare to yours? And I'm not saying, oh, you have to get the most expensive equipment. Audio is the most important part of a live stream followed by video. Well, obviously, actually, sorry, content is the most important part followed by uh, audio and video. I guess maybe that's the right order. Um, so look at other live streams. And for example, if you notice on your live stream, like I'll give you an example. Last week, when Jim and I were doing a recording, we noticed that my audio was sounding very robotic and cutting in and out. So that then forced me to have to go and look at my equipment to see, did I have a setting on? For example, I use a mixer. And so did I have a setting on that was actually cutting out some of that, you know, the audio quality. So, because again, it can make it really hard to listen to your live stream if the audio quality is really bad. And as far as the video quality, look at the lighting that you have. Are you in, for example, some people, they have a little tiny closet or they have a, you know, they're in the basement or they're in some cases, people are in the attic where they have no ventilation and they really have a single light bulb. Well, 
maybe you need to get additional lighting. And that could be something such as repurposing a lamp, opening a window if you have one, or going with an actual lighting kit, maybe a ring light or something to that effect. But go and review your audio and your video quality. And also don't forget to ask people. For example, in my case, I was not aware that I was having these issues. I was thinking, oh, it sounds great to me. And then Jem was like, hey, something's wrong with your audio. And so we assessed it and we adjusted it. Is there anything else you want to add, Jem, about reviewing the audio and video quality? Uh, yeah, just you got to check it every time. You know, we've we've got some previous episodes where we talk about steps you want to take every time you go live, you know, include restarting your computer. And sometimes things happen with your computer. So you definitely want to uh, kind of go through with the checklist. I think we talked about in a, a previous episode as well to uh, go through these steps every time just to make sure that uh, you're ready to go live and don't have audio and video issues. Definitely. And in addition to reviewing your audio and your video, you also need to review your internet. And you can do this by going to, we always say this, speedtest.net. Go there and you can see what your upload speeds and your download speeds are. And we've also, by the way, covered what the appropriate upload speeds and download speeds are for live streaming. But you want to make sure you review that. And the reason you want to re review that is because, well, your internet also plays a factor in your video and your audio quality. So, for example, if you're the only one on your live stream and you're incorporating, let's say you're going to have five other guests on, well, that can also, like your internet can cripple your video and your audio quality. So, make sure you go and review your internet speeds and as Jim mentioned, also don't be afraid to restart your computer. And actually, it's an encouraged process. So every time you get ready to go live, sometimes what will happen is all those pesky browser tabs. I mean, Jim, you and I both are tabaholics in a way. So we have too many tabs open. Tabs take up resources on your computer, valuable resources that your live video needs. So you do want to make sure you go and restart your computer, close some of those tabs. I know we use an, an extension, I think it's called OneTab. And so that's a Google Chrome extension. And what it'll do is you could basically have 20 windows, 20 tabs open. And when you click a button, it will consolidate them into basically a, list, a, a bookmark list. And you can then reopen them as you need them, remove them, delete them, all that sort of stuff. But that is definitely something worth uh, focusing on, you know, your internet. Because again, you're live streaming, you need the highest amount of upload speed that you can possibly get. Okay, Jim, do you want to take number 19 in the list? Sure. Is your topic right for live streaming? I mean, if you're, you know, doing some wood carving where or showing someone how to put something together, uh, it, it may or may not be right. I will say that my friend Jeff C did an interesting thing where he was wood carving, but he was engaging the audience the whole time. And I think that's a big part of it. I think any topic could potentially be right, but if you're not able to engage with your audience, then it's probably not right for live streaming because the whole point of live streaming is to engage with your audience, not to just talk at them, but to talk with them. So, you know, think about that with your topic. I mean, if you're doing something where your your camera is too far away for you to really be able to see what's going on with your audience, you might want to consider recording the video. And, and then you could do something like a watch party, uh, or maybe you want to have video clips that you bring into your live stream where you play the clip and then you talk with your audience. But really think about, is, is it something that serves better to be recorded? Or if it's going to be live, are you going to be able to interact with your audience? So are there any examples that you can think of they would be really bad ideas for live streaming. One thing I guess I would say that I think is you got to be careful with is, is don't live stream about politics or religion, uh, unless that's what your business specifically is, because you're probably uh, potentially opening up a lightning rod uh, on, on those, uh, no pun intended. And uh, so I think, um, you know, but I think it's one of those things you, you might want to experiment with. I, I was uh, fascinated that, uh, this lady I was talking with in a class I was given the other day is a, is someone that does crochet. Well, 
there's there's a couple of crocheting videos on YouTube that have millions of views because it's for beginners, but they were recorded. Now, would that have worked live? That That's probably debatable. Uh, there might be some people that like to watch people crochet live, but it still kind of goes back, I think, to uh, being able to interact with your audience. So um, I don't know. I mean, what what are your thoughts? I think, I think it, do you think there's some that just are not right for live streaming? Well, I think part of it comes down to also your setup. And I don't want to talk like equipment too much, but I think it comes down to the complexity of what you're trying to show. For example, if I am, let's say I'm live streaming about, I don't know, let's say it's a auto repair. Okay. So I can be on camera, but I have to be adept to be able, I need my hands in some cases. So that might mean, well, I either need to have another person helping me. So they need to have, you know, they maybe need to have the camera and know what the shots are going to be, you know, so that you're able to show somebody that while you're actually able to do the fixing, it shouldn't be something like, well, Hey, uh, today we're going to show you how to fix the spark, change the spark plugs on your vehicle or, or change the oil. Let's go with that one. Change how to change the oil. And so somebody might show the initial shot of them on camera. They might then need to show like, Maybe they're going to go to the vehicle and they're going to pull out the dipstick and they're going to show the, you know, how much, well, Hey, this is what, you know, can happen if you don't change oil. So it's really like, you know, it's gunk. Well, then they're like, well, Hey, let me put the camera down and let me show you this. So it doesn't really work in that sense. You do need, for example, multiple uh, cameras to be able to, and then you need somebody to be able to help you switch between that. So I think something like that would be complicated. As you mentioned, uh, sometimes it's also showing the detail of certain things. So for example, if you're going to do crocheting, you want to have you on camera, but you also want to then have a close up because if people need to see certain patterns or they need to see how you are doing the needles, maybe. And again, I don't, I don't know anything about, I don't know much about crocheting, but there's certain terminology. Sorry, I don't know all this, but they want to make sure they are showing the close up of the item. So if you have just your webcam, well, maybe that might not work as well. So, well, yeah, and, and I think the reason I brought that up is the fact that it had millions of views on YouTube on something that we would never think of. And so you may be surprised you're, what you're thinking about may actually have an audience, but, but do, do some searching, see if, uh, you know, it's a top. And, and, of course, there's always new things coming out all the time. I, I mean, uh, you know, the, in fact, that kind of takes us into – the next topic, you know, topic 20, how to use multiple cameras, not something we would have thought about before, but, uh, you know, you know, that might be a good set of videos or, or as well. Definitely. You need to make sure you, as Jim mentioned, search for other channels and you're not looking at them. I mean, you're looking at them to see like, well, Hey, what's the quality of their videos that they're creating, but are they actually doing native or live videos as well? And if you're not sure, you could ask them as well. So don't be afraid to contact that channel and say, hey, you know what? I really like your videos. Hey, I'm looking to get into live streaming. Or I'm, I was wondering, do you do these uh, live or are they edited videos? You know, Are they native videos? And so that can be a good thing. And if the person says, well, hey, I do native. Well, hey, why do you do native? Can't you do like a Facebook Live or something like that? And they might tell you, hey, I don't do this because of the complexities or I don't have the budget for multiple cameras or I don't know how to actually use multiple cameras for my live stream. So uh, definitely consider, you know, if you need to do a show where there's certain things you want to show, for example, it's not just you talking on camera. I need to show my actual hands. Well, then you have two different cameras that you might use. And the other benefit, by the way, to help you get more viewers on your live streams is with multiple cameras that can help liven up the presentation. So it's not just two people on camera talking back and forth for an hour about something. You know, sometimes you need to actually be showing people how to actually do this. So if it's a tutorial, you want to show people versus, hey, let me be on camera and talk to you about this because that's more theory. So uh, definitely consider using multiple cameras to liven up your presentation and to help get your point across. Now, in addition to that, so Gemini mentioned this earlier, we talked about how you can switch between different cameras. Well, you don't, you know, you've only got two hands. And so 
you're not going to grow an extra set of hands unless you hire, for example, a live video producer. However, you can use a switcher as well. And so a couple of the, there are a couple of these available, but one that we really like, it's the ATEM Mini, and there's different levels of this. But what this does is it will allow you to hook in, it's, it's almost like a little keyboard. And so it'll allow you to hook in multiple cameras, and then you can switch between the different cameras at the press of a button. And so you can bring that, for example, into StreamYard. And so then you can be running your broadcast and you can have your multiple cameras going. And so you can actually run all that or you can have the producer run that. But the benefit there is that it helps make it easy for you to switch between the equipment. And it also has a really handy feature where you can add some different transitions as well. So as you're switching between cameras, it's not just a hard cut. There might be a, a wipe or something or a fade to a certain color depending on you know, where you're at in your stream. Okay. So that's what, 21, right, Jim? So we got two more, right? So what's 22? Yeah, 22 is one I've really uh, started to get into, and it's using what we call a virtual cam. And so there's programs like uh, eCam, which, of course, is Mac only, uh, Prezi, which you can use on Windows or Mac, and then SnapCam, which is made by uh, the folks over at uh, Snapchat. These allow you to bring, what by that meaning a virtual cam, you're still using the camera that's on your your computer. I, I would probably say this definitely needs to be something you want to use for a computer. Uh, and you bring that in, uh, and you could also use OBS, which I haven't really used that because it's very uh, difficult to use. Um, e Ecamm, as an example, I would bring it in as my camera into StreamYard. It allows me to use the graphics and other uh presentation uh, procedures of that platform into my stream on StreamYard that I wouldn't be able to do natively. Same thing with Prezi. Prezi will let you bring in presentations, kind of snap it to where your the presentation is part of the scene. Your face is still on camera. And so just makes it easy. You know, play around, see which one of these might work best for you because uh, it's definitely an advanced tactic. It's not something that a beginner would want to do first time. And these are also another way to, because I know especially now people are using Zoom, a great way to snazz up your ability to present present in Zoom and make yourself the, uh, the talk of the Zoom. Love that. Snazz up the live video. That's a good one, by the way. So what's number 23 on this list? And, and this, this has been a really lengthy list, but I hope it's been an informative one for listeners. Yeah, so, so the last one would be interact with your viewers. I mean, that's the whole reason you're going live, right? You're on social to be social. Uh, so, you know, say hello to them. And don't even forget to maybe say, you know, sh give a shout out to like, hey, if you're watching on replay, you know, let us know where you're watching from. Uh, ask them if they have questions. You know, highlight their comments. That's the beauty of some of these programs, like uh, you know that you know Streamyard and uh, others will let you bring the comments onto the screen, and that makes your viewers feel like a part of the uh, you know part of the the show. I mean, they're seeing their their profile photo on there as well. And so these are these are really good, uh, you know, ways to engage with your audience, uh, because if you don't engage with your audience, they're probably not going to come back. The other thing you can do is, you know, and this can be a little bit, uh, you know, because you want to stay focused, but you could actually comment while they're commenting as well. Some of these programs will let you, you know, respond to the comments or maybe you have a separate tab open where you're interacting in, in Facebook or YouTube, what, what have you. Uh, so those are some of the things I think that are important. And go back after the fact, you know, comment, you know, answer their questions, things of that nature. Any, anything you want to add there, Christian? Uh, the only other thing I think I'd, I'd add is, you know, to your point, if you're running a live stream and somebody asks a question, you don't have to answer all the questions immediately on your live stream. So pick and choose the ones that you decide you want to answer. For example, sometimes, you know, Sometimes you will get trolls during your show. And so obviously you're not going to want to highlight those during the show. Don't just highlight it because, hey, oh, it's a it's a question somebody asked me. You know, 
just be mindful. Everything you put on screen impacts the quality of your broadcast. So make sure if somebody has a question and it's relevant, maybe to a topic, for example, I know on social chatter, we get questions from people or they give us a really insightful comment. We make sure we try to highlight those. However, sometimes we also don't get to them because we want to make sure that we stick to, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that a lot of time that we tell people we're going to be on. So what we end up doing is we will um, highlight their comment or, and then maybe we'll go back at the end and we'll actually answer it on Facebook. So, um, so that's it, you know, 23 easy ways to get more viewers on your live streams. I want to thank everyone for joining us for episode 34 of the launch your life podcast, where, as I mentioned, we discussed 23 easy proven ways to get more viewers on your live streams. For more information, head to launcher.live forward slash EP 34. We'll see you all in a future episode. And remember, if you need help with your live streams, contact us for a consultation by messaging us on our Facebook page at Launch Your Live. Thanks a lot for listening. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Launch Your Live podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Also, visit launchyour.live for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to even more episodes that will help you level up your live videos. That's launchyour.live. So until next time, keep going live.